0: Uh, what would help you out today? If I, if I was to ask you, what, what would help make your life better? Would plastic surgery help? <laughs> hey, I'll go for hair plugs any day of the week. I, you know, <laughs> hair plugs would make my life better. I could have a, you know, a hairline again instead of where the scalp and the hairline meet now. Maybe if you're a young person, you're an athlete, if you were a little taller, a little faster, that might help. I've never met an adult who couldn't be a little smarter. That uh, would help. Maybe it's money, money. I mean, a lot of people think or feel if they had more money that their life would be better. Certainly, it doesn't hurt maybe if you had a little more than you do today. But in Judges chapter 16 this morning, we're going to close out our series on Samson. And we're going to see three things that if you and I will really swallow these and and take these to heart, these will help you. These will make your life better. It will make you better if you do these things. And I want to begin with this. This was the first one's a little bit hard, but it's absolutely true. The world really does not revolve around you. If you would get a hold to this principle that Samson apparently was never able to get a hold of, it will help you. And I put the word really because some of you still doubt this. You have some some doubts about it. But the world, if you really buy into this, does not revolve around you. Judges 16, Samson is fixing to bite the bullet today. But he leaves us some great life principles. In verse 21 and 22, a little review from a few weeks back, the Philistines seized him. They gouged out his eyes and they took him to Gaza, binding him with bronze shackles. They set him to grinding in the prison. But his hair, which was a symbol, that was part of his outward symbol, of his relationship with God, began to grow, which was showing that, that his ability maybe to gain some strength was coming back. If if you were here, this was about five weeks ago, but Samson got uh, tied in with this prostitute named Delilah. A bad situation, but all Samson ever thought about was himself and satisfying his needs for the moment, and she was an evil person, and she was able to trick him, and he certainly fell for it, to tell the source of his strength, and so she cuts all of his hair off where he was able to really dominate maybe even hundreds of men at one time in a physical confrontation. They capture him. They Literally, the wording here is they rip his eyes out. You can imagine how terrible that would be. They bind him and they take him to Gaza. Gaza was a place earlier in his history where he had ripped the city gates up, which would have been a bad thing for the city, but also it was a very Show of disrespect to him, and he took him and he, he threw him up on a uh, hillside. He had dominated. and They take him to this place, forty-five minutes from his hometown, and or forty-five miles. And, and you know, forty-five miles then, when you're walking or riding a donkey, that's a two or three day trip. So it's a really a long way from home. They put him in prison. It says they have him grinding grain. That means he was he was using a little hand grain, and this was the work. And I don't mean this because this was not meant to be in a detrimental way to women, but this was not a, work, a job man, men did. It was uh, Slaves did it, prisoners did it, and women did it. Here's this superhero, this super tough guy, this guy that had dominated the enemy. The enemy is the Philistines. And now he's in a horrible spot. He, he messed his life up completely. But listen, he didn't only mess it up for himself. He messed it up for his people He messed it up for his country, and he brought shame on God. Verse 23 through 25. The rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, to celebrate, saying, Our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into his hands. I want to stop right there and give you just a quick thought. When you and I bend off, when we go against God, when we go our own direction, not only do we bring shame and harm to ourselves, we bring shame to the name of God. You ever thought about that? This false God, they're giving credit to the false God. For getting the victory over the Israelites and the true God. In verse twenty-four, when the people saw Samson, they praised their God, saying, Our God has delivered our enemy into our hands. The real God's not getting the glory, the false God is. The one who laid waste to our land and multiplied our slain. While they were in high spirits, that's politically correct, say, they were starting to buzz from their alcohol. They shouted, Bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison, and he performed for them. When they stood him among the pillars. Now this is a, uh, again, all this is, is, this is sad stuff. This is a temple of a false god. He's the god of grain. If you remember back earlier in the story, Samson had burned a bunch of their grain up. And, and man, they, they are, I mean, they are in high party celebration because of the mess that Samson's made of himself. And, and it says here they brought him out to entertain uh, entertain them. Now, I used to think when I was young that that meant that they got out weights and he like did, you know, a thousand pounds over his head to show us great strength. That wasn't it at all, because if, if they would have thought he had great strength, they would have been intimidated by him. In a moment, we're going to see they had a, a, just a young, a young man, probably a young boy, leading him out. Samson has been blinded. Probably what this means was they brought him out to make fun of him. I have a Bible called a Jewish study Bible, and the translation says they made Samson dance. For them, So what they may have done is they brought him out, he can't see, they put stuff in his way, they tripped him, they spit on him. People probably all just right up on him, laughed at him, humiliated. I mean, they're bringing him out here to make sport of him. It's just terrible. This is the big superhero, Samson. In verse 26 through 28, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, Put me where I can find the pillars that support the temple so that I may lean against them. The temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there. And on the roof, probably the balcony, were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson. And Samson prays. We'll talk about this more in a moment. Oh Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me, oh God. Please strengthen me once more. Let me, with one blow, get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. How did this guy, who was such a hero, end up a zero? How did this guy that had had such great victory end up a complete disaster? Well, it's it's, there's several things. He was sinful. He rebelled against God. He disobeyed his parents. He disobeyed the Lord. And, and, And listen through all of it this he was a self-centered pig from the very beginning of his story when it talks about it talks about him wanting a wife his parents said this is at the beginning of the story she's not the woman for you she is not one of our people she's not one of god's people And Samson said, hey, I want her. She looks good to me. And his parents wouldn't stand up to him. And then over and over and over, even when he gets mad, God wanted him. The Philistines are bad people. They are in really kind of a holy war. God wanted to use him as a warrior. But Samson never attacked them or fought them for God or country. It was always for revenge. I'm getting them back for what they did to me. Even his final prayer here is not, God, I've blown it. God, for your name and for... For the cause, help me to do something great. It's God, help me to get revenge for myself. I want to tell you something that will help you. If you want to run your world, just make it all about you. That it needs to be your way. It needs to be how you want it. Whether it's at school or work or the team, wherever it is, I'm going to tell you there's a lot of reasons our country and our world's in trouble right now. A fundamental one one is is that we are so stinking selfish. This is a true story. Several years ago in Finland, in a tax office, which you know that would be a nightmare place anyway, but in this tax office, there was 30 people that worked in cubicles, and they're 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 in and out. They're they're it's kind of an open area. They had their own spaces. One man was found dead on a Thursday. Here's the creepy thing. The coroner, they did an autopsy, and here's what they determined. He died on Tuesday. He died on Tuesday with 29 people for two days walking around him, in and out. And here's what they admitted after it was over. They said, we are so busy, we are so self-absorbed, we're texting, we're calling. We just looked at him and thought he had his head down because he was working hard. Wow. A Catholic cardinal, O'Connor, in England several years ago, he said, England's fallen apart. Our society is demoralized. And this certainly would tr- be true about America because all people focus on is their rights, their wants, and what's important to them. How's your marriage today? Let me tell you a great way to have a bad marriage Ma- make it all about you. How are things at work? How are things that we can say with your team are are going to be at school? See, some people go to work or they go to the athletic team or they go to school or band or whatever, and it's all about them. And the rules don't really apply. Have you ever known anybody like that? Well, Well, you're late every day, but you have a great reason, and it's justifiable, because you are special, Right? It's not you, but how many of you have heard, ever heard about somebody like this? Just, just two of us. Well, we live in a weird town. You want to date? Young people, you want to date somebody that you absolutely don't want to date longer and want to marry? Just, just pay attention. Is life all about them? Go in business with somebody who's really self-centered. That'll be fun. Our staff read a book several years ago, well, last year, written by Tom Rayner, who's the president of LifeWay. If you're in Monroe or Shreveport, you see the LifeWay bookstores and LifeWay literature, that's his organization that he heads up. The, The book was titled, The Autopsy of a Dying Church. And what they did is these scholars, they, they looked at churches through the years. There had been old, established churches that eventually died. And they, they were able to find common denominators in why these churches died. And here was one of the glaring ones is that those churches were all about themselves. Oh, they, they would say things like, we want to reach the world. We want to reach people. We welcome people. But they, they didn't want to reach people. They didn't welcome people. They weren't willing to change. They, all they wanted was it to be about them. If you want your life to stink and you want to be unhappy... Just make it all about you. Here's a great quote. I don't know who said it, but but it's so true. To the the extent you focus on yourself is the extent you live self-deceived. How much you are focusing on you is going to determine how deceived you are in your existence. In John chapter 3, verse thirty. John the Baptist, who Jesus said is the greatest man that ever lived, he said, Jesus must become greater and I must become less. Listen, you want your life to go well. You need to daily get up and say, God, help me to die to myself, my selfishness, my wishes, my wants, and my desires. It's a paradox. The more you die to sell, the happier and more fulfilled you will be. Isn't that an interesting thing? Because, see, that's just the opposite of what we, we think. If we get our way and we control it and it's done how we want it to be done, then we'll be happy. Ask Samson someday when you meet him how it worked out for him. Fundamental flaw of Samson, the world revolved around him. Don't let that be you. Now, I want to give you two other things which are, not, which are sweeter and I think you'll like better. Here's the second thing. No matter what your life stage is, no matter where you are in life right now, God can use you mightily. Samson's at the end of his life. He, he's, going to be, he's going to be dead before we get out of here this morning. But God is going to use him mightily. Verse 26 through 30, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, Put me where I can fill the pillars that support the temple, so I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with men and women, and all the rulers of the Philistines were there. And on the roof there were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform, basically watching him being made fun of, watching him being played with. Samson prayed to the Lord, O sovereign Lord, remember me. Please strengthen me one more time. Apparently there was some sincerity here. Let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my eyes. Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on one and left on the other. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all of his might, and down came the temple all the rulers and all the people in it. Thus, he killed many more when he died than while he lived. They have actually, not in Gaza, but in Tel Aviv in Israel, they have found temples that date back to this era, about 1,100 years before Jesus Christ. These, these Dagon Philistine temples. And... Some they have found are are 45 to 65 feet long and about 25 to 35 feet wide. They're not real long. They apparently were very tall. And in them... They, they, they had central pillars that kind of supported the whole structure. They were wooden pillars on stone pedestals. So apparently what Samson did, Samson was able to get to where he could get his arms around them. In the, in the wording of the text, it's almost like he twisted them off, these wooden, these wooden pillars off these stone pedestals. God strengthened him one last time, and he was able to do that. And down came the temple. And it says the five, it says the rulers, that may have been the five rulers of these major cities. Now, we don't know if, if there was th- 4,000, 5,000 people there. We don't know exactly how many died in this thing. If everyone died, the 3,000 in the balcony plus and the people on the floor. But Samson, up to this point in his life, had killed around 1,030 of the bad guys, and so he killed a lot more here. Now, some of you are thinking this, whoa, is God into the murder business? Well, this was a holy war. The Philistines were people that God had tried to reach. He had tried to help. They had rejected him. They were rejecting God. They were killing the Jewish people. This was a holy war. This is an example. Listen, if ISIS comes to Ruston and they're going to try to behead my wife, I'm fighting back. I don't turn the other cheek is more about insults and not letting people abuse you. It's not about throwing down up your hands and saying, just take over my family and my country. I mean, there is a point you have to stand up and fight back that people can disagree with that. Bible says don't murder, but there may, this was a holy war, so I'm trying to tell you. This at this point was God's will. It was a righteous thing, as strange as it may sound. But here's the cool thing. Here's the cool thing. At the end of his life, the last part of his life stage, God used him mightier than he had ever been used before. So I want to touch on two life stages. Some of you are pretty young this morning. And it's easy, it's easy to say, to make excuses or to feel, hey, I'm too young. You can feel that way when you're 30 or 40. Hey, when I get out of school Then I'm going to really get serious with God. When I get established, some of you who are in your 40s or 50s, well, I make a little more money. And I get, you know, when I can retire, then I'm going to really get serious for God. Listen, don't wait to get serious with God. God can use a 12-year-old who sold out to him more than he can use a 60-year-old preacher who's not. And I'm not near 60, by the way. I wasn't talking about myself. I'm just telling you, you young people, you young couples, don't say, I, I got to get my finances in order. I got to get the... No. Wherever you are on your life journey, let God have you now, and you get after it. Some of you aren't young. Getting up and down during the music's getting harder, isn't it? You See, you're on the opposite end of the spectrum. You're going, you know what? I, I don't know if God can use me anymore. I'm I'm older, I don't have the money I have, don't have the talent I have, don't have the ability. Almost all of you probably heard of the book, The Power of Positive Thinking. It was written by a guy named Norman Vincent Peale. He wrote it when he was almost, well, he was in his mid-50s. Not a spring chicken. How many of you ever eaten at KFC? KFC, everybody's in KFC, come on. They changed it from Kentucky Fried Chicken to Fool You to KFC because the fried foods, is supposed, it's not politically correct anymore. Do you know that? Are y'all smart enough to get that? But it's the same stuff, amen? It's the same stuff. I mean, you can get just the good biscuits and the fried chicken. Anyway, the guy who did that was who? Everybody knows that face, don't they? Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders, when he was 65, he was basically broke, and, and he was retired. And his almost, you know, you're at the end of the rainbow. At 65 is when he kicked off KFC, and he died a billionaire. How many of you want to die a billionaire? Come up with a good chicken recipe, amen? But see, here's what I'm telling you. You are not too old or too young for God to use you. In Samson's last hour of his life, God used him more than he had ever used him before. Isn't that awesome? See, quit making excuses. I'm too young. I don't have the education. I'm too busy. I'm too old. You're never going to get to that right spot. The right spot's today. The right spot's now. Cindy and I were in Texas yesterday. We did a wedding, and on the way home, she drove so fast, I had to close my eyes and just stop up my ears and say, because if the police pulled us over, I wanted to honestly say, I have no idea. If you're going to take her to jail, I, no, I'm innocent. I, I do not know what's happening. But we got home safe. But we had dinner with some ladies yesterday morning that we've known for years, and one of them just turned 78. She was very successful in her career she did several things, and she's now retired for like the eighth time. That, you, 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 know, you know people like that. They work, they retire, then about two weeks later, they start another job, and that's her. And here's what she said. Was so awesome. She said, you know, I'm, I'm finished working. All I know is the rest of my life, I want to be a blessing. Isn't that awesome? You see, you say to God, God, I don't know what you want to do with me. I'm young, I'm old, I'm in between. But God, I don't want to be an old grouch. I don't want to be a troublemaker. I don't want to be a, a, a anchor, God. I want to be a sail. I want you to use me. Listen, when you say that to God... God is going to honor that. Isn't that great? No matter what your life stage is this morning, God can use you mightily. Let me give you another great thought. No matter what your past is, no matter what your present is, God can use you mightily. Here's Samson, guys. The strongest guy that ever lived. He's being led by a little boy. His eyes have been torn from his head. He's been disgraced, and truthfully, he's been a disgrace. He's embarrassed his family, embarrassed God, rebelled against God. But let's look at verse 31 one more time. Samson said, "Let me die with the Philistines." And he pushed with all of his might, and down came the temple on the rulers. And all the people, thus he killed many more when he died, and that's hard to understand, but that was a righteous thing, than while he lived. You know, because I'm a sinner, and by the way, you are too, but because I know my past, I don't know all yours, it really excites me to know that God can still use us. This morning you're here and you go, man, the things that have happened in my life in the past, I'm ashamed of. I've hurt people. I've embarrassed God. Maybe you came in here today and your presence is not very good. You know what? You are in the right place. Amen? That's what a church is for. I want to tell you, if you will repent and you'll turn to God, God can do more through you than you can ever imagine. There's an old saying that Christians are the only ones that shoot their wounded. Sometimes that's true. A person falls, they fail, they have a moral lapse or an ethical problem. And a lot of churches, we welcome them back into church, but we just say, no, you go sit in the back corner we want your money, but we don't want you to say anything again. You're punished for the rest of your life. God doesn't shoot his wounded. Isn't that great? And, and you know, and you, you may be an older person this morning. You may be an older person, and you may feel you've blown it too bad. You may be a young person. I remember as a young Christian at 19, 19 years of age, I thought that I had messed up so much, God couldn't use me anymore. man. Samson had blown it horribly. And his biggest victory is just fixing to happen. Isn't that great? See, here's two lies Satan tells you. Satan tells you this. Go ahead and do it. One time, it's not going to hurt. You're not going to get caught. Nobody's going to know. You've heard that from Satan before, haven't you? I and mean, then here's what, here, here, Satan is such a jerk. Here's what he does. Then you do it. And then he comes to you and he says, you're pathetic. God can't use you anymore. God doesn't want you anymore. And the bad news is there's religious people that jump on and agree with that. But I want to tell you, that's not God. Listen, Samson had scars for his sins that weren't going away, but when Samson apparently sincerely turned back to God, God used him more the last moment of his life and after he had really blown it bad in his life than he had ever used him before. This morning, what good news is that? That no matter where you are in your life, if you will come to Christ, he can use you and he can use you in mighty ways if you will just let Years ago, a young preacher went to England. He was not educated and he was really pretty uncouth. While he was in England, he got to hear a, a well-known preacher there named Henry Varley preach. And Henry Varley made this statement. He said, the world has yet to see What God can do through one person who is totally his. The world is yet to see what God can do through one person who gives God total, consistent control of their life. That young man said that night, he said, we're fixing to find out because I'm going to let God have me. That guy's name was D.L. Moody. You may not know who he is or was. D.L. Moody was the Billy Graham of the 1800s. D.L. Moody probably several million people became Christians under his preaching. Maybe 10 to 15 million people. It's for TVs, radios, anything. In Chicago today, there's a huge church, Moody Church, named after him. There's a Moody Bible Institute named after him. There's Bible colleges around the country that were started because of him. And only when we get to heaven will we know what. All God did through that person, uneducated, uncouth, who just said, God, I'm going to be yours the rest of my life. I want to tell you, if you will get yourself out of the way and you will not let your age or your stage in life or your past keep you down and you'll surrender to God, there's no limit to what God can do through you. Let's pray. This morning, if you're a Christian, it's pretty simple. Not easy, but simple. Get out of the way. Let God have you. If you're not a Christian, this morning, you need to cross that line with Jesus. Would you pray with me where you are If you're ready to do this, pray and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I want to repent of my sins. I believe you're God's Son, Jesus. I I believe you died and arose for me. Come into my heart, Lord. And today, I surrender my life to you. Let me have your attention just for a second. We're going to stand and when we do, I want you to respond to God today. See, none of this is going to help you or me if we don't respond to it. This isn't, this isn't a classroom lecture. This is a here and act. You just ask Christ in your heart or you're ready to. When we stand, I know it's hard. You come today. You come and give your life to Christ. You'll never regret doing that. You're here this morning. Maybe you're ready to join our church. We would love for you to do that. And One way you can do that when we stand, just ease out. Come down here. There'll be a minister down here. We can help you do that today. Every one of us here is Christians. Maybe it's where you're standing or maybe praying with the minister on your knees at the altar. You need to say to God, God, help me to get out of the way. And God, whether I'm young or old, regardless of my past, I want you to have me and do something great with me. Let's stay.